Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT, or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. Again, that's ask at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send us your questions on Facebook and Twitter. At SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And we will be sure to answer your questions the next time that we are on the air together. So today's Tuesday, and uh, what's going on today, Doug? Well, first of all, happy Tuesday, or as my friend Ronnie would say, uh, Pastor Will, uh, terrific Tuesday. It's mm-hmm. terrific Tuesday. Welcome to SWAT Radio, all our listeners up there. So glad you could join us today. Um, yeah, I, I woke up this morning to an interesting article. <laughs> that uh, uh, Customs seized 40 pounds um, or 44 pounds of cocaine that came in uh, is the flakes of cornflakes were not sugar but cocaine. Wow. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? That Uh, is pretty crazy. But a dog flagged it, one of the narcotic dogs uh, flagged it and – Think about, I mean, I think, you know, I was a drug agent when I was in the FBI and they, they used to, you'd hear some of the most bizarre and creative ways. I mean, Mm -hmm. if criminals could be that creative in the business world, I mean, like, I mean, but, uh, anyway, um, so I just thought that was interesting. I'm glad that nobody got that uh, cornflakes, put some milk (laughs) on it. That would have been a bad thing. Right. Yeah. Um, that's uh, pretty crazy that. You know, who would have thought to do that for cornflakes and to try to smuggle drugs into the country? Uh, it's pretty pretty outstanding to think about. Like, <laughs> I just, that's funny. That's in, ingenious, really. You know, and I heard an article yesterday um, about a professor out in Oregon. I was reading, well, I actually read the article where the uh, professor used an illustration that he's used for years did you see that Mm -hmm. and he was uh, i I think he was either uh, he told to apologize or he refused to apologize and i think he was terminated wasn't he yeah they they told him he was gonna either i think it was either resign or face a title nine investigation yeah yeah Uh, because of an illustration that he's used over the past years about gender Mm -hmm. but now that's taboo and uh you know, you just look at our culture, the cancel culture strikes again, cancel here, cancel there. Um, you know, and one of the reasons is we talked about it, uh, I think yesterday or last week where, you know, we've moved from different revolutions from the sexual revolution to the homosexual revolution to now the debased mind revolution that has really come as a result of suppressing the knowledge about God. And uh, suppressing his truth. And George Washington um, said that of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, he said religion and morality are indispensable supports. In other words, like they're 
there he, what he was saying is they're kind of like the beams to the bridge so the bridge has no support mm-hmm. if you don't have morality and faith and uh he went on to say let us with caution indulge the supposition that morality can be maintained without faith whatever well, he says religion but he he means mm-hmm. faith when people use that term it's like in scripture you know, when, when James says this is pure and undefiled religion, it's talking about faith in God. And so I say that because today religion has a lot of different meanings for mm-hmm. people, but his quote is faith or religion. And it says, whatever may be conceded to the influence of refined education on minds of peculiar structure, reason and experience both forbid us to expect that national morality can prevail in exclusion of religious principle. In other words, you have no Judeo-Christian values, then you have uh, really no national morality. And mm-hmm. boy, is that where we are. Yes, yeah. we're, we're there. Um, free people can govern each other only if we can govern ourselves. If you don't have moral people, uh, and, and it's not saying perfect people, but you have a desire toward morality. You have a, a loyalty toward the one true living God. And, you know, now over in Europe, they're actually debating the age of consent of sexual relationships between young people and older people mm. is, is 12 too young. They're debating that right now. Wow. I mean, think about that. And so... Paul says in Corinthians, you know, it doesn't, you you can have done all these things. And he says, such were some of you, but the spirit of God can change anyone. And so if you're listening today and maybe everything that's happened in our culture from the election to the COVID lockdowns, to just the divisiveness, to the ethnic prejudice, all those things have overwhelmed you. Don't be discouraged and don't fear. Because God has placed you here at this time to be a voice for him if you're his. I mean, that's our purpose in being here is to be a voice for light, a voice for hope, and a voice for truth. And I know sometimes I I was reminded of that today, not only by my wife, but some other good friends of mine, that uh, sometimes in my passion for truth and my passion for, for sharing truth, I can be really zealous and come across uh, the marine part of me comes across very direct, and I don't want to be um, insensitive to anybody, whether it's talking about the truth of, you know, um, COVID nineteen or the truth about anything for that matter. And so, you know, we have the truth, which is Jesus. Jesus says, "I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." Without a relationship with the one true living God, Yahweh, without that relationship, nothing else matters. So you'll spend your whole life out there searching. And, you know, our newspapers and our news articles on online and, and wherever you choose to fill your brain with information, you can fill it with a lot of things that will distract you from the one true relationship that matters. It's not with your wife. It's not with your children. It's not with your money. It's not with your possessions. It's with God, the creator. 
And he created us for that divine relationship that one then empowers us to go carry out the mission as his kingdom priest, which is to be a, a light bringer to darkness. And so if we're Christians, the reality is Taylor, when we talk to people, those that are his out in the world should see us as a message of hope. Those that are his, those that aren't his, those whose names aren't written in the Lamb's book of life, those who are in rebellion and will stay in rebellion to the one true living God, they're always going to hate his people, just like they hated him, like they hated his followers in the early centuries that killed him. It, it was not a popular message. And um, everything, I, as much as I would like to tell everybody out there, man, follow Jesus and everything's going to work out great mm-hmm. in your life. That simply is not true here on earth because this is not our home. And the one message of Jesus, if he didn't try to get anything else across to the disciples, was his kingdom was not of this world. And I think, you know, sometimes we can we can get confused on that because this is not our home. It's not our kingdom. And his weapons are not of this world. And in fact, that's our one of our themes at SWAT, Second Corinthians uh, four, ten and eleven, that the weapons of our warfare are not of this world. They're not. Uh, we we are at war, and we're on a battlefield here. We're not on a playground, and we need to remember that. And so, yes, the last year has been tough. Uh, yes, COVID's been tough. The lockdown are tough. But regardless of whether you're on lockdown, regardless of what happens politically. Uh, Christ reigns, our God reigns, and that is the good news. And uh, it was just good today. I had a board meeting with the, the His Light Board and just being reminded of that, that we shouldn't lose focus uh, as we continue as believers to promote that message because the only the only message that has hope is Jesus, really. Yeah. So, you know, I, that's... um interesting that you say that because i think people can can uh forget to bring the truth into you know their daily life and where it impacts people and where it impacts society and a lot of times i think uh you know the church in general has been uh, guilty of uh of shying away from speaking the truth and showing god's love uh, in the culture at large and because of that we've uh, lost our impact and uh, the church is kind of impotent at this point because of it. Um, but it is a good reminder that our ultimate hope rests in Christ alone. Only in Christ. And uh, and that's what I, you know, I'm excited today as we look at the early church and we get into Acts 2. What, where was their attention? And we're going to look at that again today as we work through Acts 2, 42 through 47. So. All right. We will be back with more after the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls.
Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Red Letters by David Crowder. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we this week are going to be and have been talking about Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, which is talking about uh, what the church was doing immediately after uh, its uh, supernatural supernatural excuse me, uh, creation. Uh, we talked a little bit uh, about uh, chap- or verse 42 uh, yesterday, so if you missed that and would like to go back and listen, you can visit us at www.swatradio.com. Again, www.swatradio.com, and you can listen listen at the past programs link, and it will be up there for you to listen to uh, right now or after the program. Yeah, and uh, again, this weekend on Saturday, the twenty seventh, we have the Iron Sharpens Iron Conference here in Jacksonville. Brian Doyle kind of heads that ministry up, and uh, Vaughn McLaughlin uh, from the Potter's House is going to be sharing. H.B. Charles from Shiloh will be sharing, and uh, we have a bunch of breakout sessions, and it's going to be a great event. You can still go to ironsharpensiron.net, click on conferences, and uh, get more info, or you can send me an email at doug at swatradio.com. If you want to know more info about it, but it's at Mandarin Presbyterian Church starts at eight thirty, goes to about two thirty, uh, I think. And uh, and they have uh, Chick Fil A for lunch, right? Yep, Chick Fil A yeah. for lunch. Uh, never can beat the chicken, right? Yeah, right. So anyway, um, yeah, and so you know, this week we are looking at the life of the church because the church was born. We we saw the church. Uh, the narrative of the church birth last week when at Pentecost, Peter preached that message mm-hmm. as a uh, baptized in the spirit believer. And he focused on five things. First of all, the supernatural life of Christ. Anytime you share the gospel with somebody, you always want to emphasize the supernatural life of Christ. The fact that he was born to a virgin the fact that he did miracles. He said, I'm going to die and be resurrected. Uh, you know, he fulfilled, he was Messiah. And we looked at that word Messiah last week, Mashiach, which it means anointed one. It, he carried God's blessing on him because he was God and chosen to come in the form of a human. When he came, 
He walked the earth showing exactly what it would look like for God to completely envelop a human body. And for you and me, we go through life, and when we go through life, uh, we make mistakes here this side of heaven. We will never be able to emulate 100% what Jesus did here on earth. But we can certainly allow that to be the standard that we would want to live toward because he lived a life that was holy and consecrated to God. And so Peter brings out the fact that he was he had the supernatural life. He didn't. He was attested to by God, um, and these these signs that he did pointed to the fact that he was Messiah. But he also talked about his sacrificial death, and uh, the first the first part of chapter two, he talked about his sovereign resurrection. How he died three days later, he rose again, and then after he spent some time on earth teaching his disciples, he ascended and then released the Holy Spirit to then inhabit his followers. And from that point on, when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, that was the birth of the church. Peter preached, and when that message went out and people repented and were uh, baptized in the Spirit, they immediately came into the fellowship of the church because to be in part of the fellowship of the church, you have to be baptized in the Spirit. Now, the way we do it today is we have somebody tell a testimony. Well, I came to Christ when I was 17. I was going this way. Then I turned and went this way. And now I'm a believer. But the reality is for a lot of people, in this country, when they say that, there's no cost involved. For 3,000 people and for the 120 before, when they said they were followers mm-hmm. of Jesus, there was a cost involved. They, yeah. they, they were at risk of dying. And, boy, I want you to just think for a second, Taylor. What would happen if tomorrow it became a, penalty, a, a punishment on penalty of death if you were a follower of Jesus Christ? Do you think that would thin out the ranks of our churches in America? Big time. I think it would. Yeah. Because it no longer is a matter of convenience. Uh, it, it, it is something that you you would not make that choice unless you had a deep conviction, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, for the past, I mean, if, if you're you're doubting that out there listening, for the past year, people haven't gone to church uh, because of a virus that most people will survive if they get it. Um, you know, so I think that adding a real cost like death, yeah, there's not going to be a lot of people in uh, yeah. going to church. Yeah, and that's why I think I look at what John MacArthur's done out in California. And I think it's awesome because mm-hmm. they've met since June, yeah. and not one of them has gone to the hospital. Now you can say what you want. You can say, "Well, that's just a fluke thing." There's I, other churches that have met, and they a lot of them have not reported any deaths. Yeah, but even if people get it, mm-hmm. I mean, people are gonna you you're gonna get it anyway, mm-hmm. or you could get it anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and and the thing is that there's no cost in our culture to really following Christ. There's going to be. Oh, I think we're moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. And so the church that day to be in that church, there was no blurred lines between a poser and a true believer. The, the true believers in that early church were baptized in the Spirit, but today people seek 
an emotional experience. They seek uh, an event when they come to church, and people are actually allowed to be part of churches with not only not being baptized in the spirit believers, but flat-out living lives that are contrary to what God's design is. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean just homosexuality or lesbianism. It also includes adultery, immorality sexually. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, It includes uh, people who are dishonest, people who... And listen, that doesn't mean, again, that, that when you trust Christ, you don't make mistakes. But there there's this idea that when Christ inhabits you, you then become accountable to him, and that spirit leads you and conforms you to the image of Christ as it grows you. And uh, but But I really believe that lines have been blurred today, and they are not churches are not functioning the way we should in the early church god reveals here specifically in 242 through 47 how the church functions when it's led by the spirit and the first way see is it it's functions in its attention where does it give its attention as the church and we saw yesterday we focused on devoted to apostles teaching today we're going to get into fellowship uh, prayers and and then second, not just its attention, what's the attitude of the church? Now you go, well, how can I change my attitude? You know, well, attitudes are interesting things, and they aren't they? I mean, if you stop and think about attitudes for a second, mm-hmm. can you change your attitude? Yeah, with effort. I mean, you can, can't yeah. you? If you have a bad attitude, and Ari goes, "Hey Taylor, you need to clean it up. Your attitude's bad." There's an accountability there. You may get mad at first, but deep down, if she's right, you you make a choice mm-hmm. yeah. to choose the attitude you have, right? Yeah. Yeah, but you don't understand my circumstances. Well, no, I don't understand your circumstances, but I know this. There are people who've been in far worse circumstances than you have, than you are in right now that have had a better attitude mm-hmm. than you have right now. So... When you look at these first century people, they were oppressed by Romans. They had a history of oppression. You know, we talk about slavery today. People, that's a buzzword out in the political correct community is slavery. But do you know what it taught? I mean, the children of Israel were enslaved for 400 years, and it says in Scripture, it was a harsh slavery. It was harsh. Mm. These people had been in harsh slavery before. They had not experienced God's word for 400 years. John the Baptist comes on the scene, preaches Messiah, Jesus comes, and now the Romans are still in power. And if he's Messiah, I thought he was going to change all that. And they're in the midst of this being oppressed by people. We don't live in a military state here where uh, right now a foreign country has come in and can make you carry somebody's bags. Mm-hmm. They can just take money from you at will. But that's where they lived. And their attitude was one of awe. You go, what? How, how could they be in awe? Because they were in awe of what God would do for them, that God would call them, that God would forgive them, that God would bring them into fellowship together. They weren't in awe over music. They weren't in awe over this great preacher. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. like a lot of our churches are. When people the the biggest thing that puts people into a spirit of awe or really wow today is wow that was good music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that was a good sermon. That guy was really good at preaching that message. For these people, they were in awe over God, over Jesus, and over the Holy Spirit. And they had unity. They had a they had an attitude of unity. And is attitude is unity an attitude? Really? Couldn't I think it is. We don't think of it that yeah. way, but an attitude has to deal with wanting to be in isolation versus wanting to be in community. Mm. And unity is part of community, right? right. It's yeah. with unity. That's what it means. It means with together with, you know, we are shared life together. And that's what we're going to look at today in, uh, in, in uh, Koinonia. But they also had an attitude of compassion where they saw needs and they wanted to meet those needs even more than taking care of themselves and hoarding. But then we saw actions too, or in verse 46, 47, the actions of the church, how it functions in its actions. It witnesses, fellowships, it's thankful and generous, and it worships. And so as we get back into it today, I'm going to have you read the text since it's so small. And we're going to get into koinonia today, which means... Um, it, koinonia means common or shared, and it's the fellowship, the community relationship of the early church. And Paul uses a very interesting illustration in 1 Corinthians 12 we'll get into. But read the text, Acts 2, 42 to 47. Oops. After the break. Yeah, we'll come yeah, back. Yeah, you have to come back. Yeah. But that'll give people a chance to turn to it. Acts 2, 42 to, 47, 42 to 47 how the church functions when the spirit leads. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. We'd also like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you listening here locally, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. to SWAT Radio. That was All My Hope by David Crowder. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 2, uh, verses 42 through 47, talking about the life of the church. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and read that since we were cut off from the break before I was able to do so. Um, starting up in verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. 
And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Wouldn't it be great if that could be written about the church here? Yeah. And day by day, the Lord were adding to their number those that were being saved. And I realized, you know, this was the birth, but this is an amazing time. I mean, the church grows from 120 to 3,120 in a snap. Yeah. And it wasn't slick marketing. It wasn't. It wasn't really a plan even. They just, Peter stood up. It was a plan. It was God's plan. But it certainly wasn't man's plan. And listen, this I, I, I get that we need to plan. But I, I, like I said yesterday, I think a lot of times we plan the Holy Spirit out of services a lot of times. I look at um, other countries that I go to, and they're just so much more free to be led by the Spirit than constrained by a time schedule. Mm that we've put together and there's something about that you know when you go in and you talk to a a pastor well brother will you speak today and well how long it doesn't matter as long as god wants to speak through you you just get up and share i mean think about that and you go but that's not realistic for us here why (laughs) because that's what we've been conditioned to and Mm -hmm. and if you remember I mean, years ago, people were conditioned to about a 45-minute sermon, 45, 40 to 45 minutes, mm-hmm. and now it's grown down. Some churches I've gone to to speak 15 to 20 minutes. Really? Yep. <laughs> wow. I mean, you can't hardly say hello to people <laughs> in that amount of time. Yeah. But but they will allow a lot larger part for other stuff. To go there not that that stuff isn't good too but the preaching of god's word is a vanishing thing and that's the first thing they devoted themselves to the church functions in its attention um if it's led by the spirit they were devoted to the apostles teaching the doctrine and we looked at that yesterday and we quoted from second peter two nineteen, where he said listen we were up on the mount of transfiguration but we have a more a more sure word, the prophetic word of God, which for them was the Old Testament. And uh, today we're looking at the second part of that in verse 42 where he says, and the fellowship, community relationship, shared partnership, koinonia. The word there means common or shared. And there's one body. I mean, it's not, um, I mean, it's not just one group of in people Mm -hmm. when you come into the body of christ notice it says back in verse 41 there were added that day about three thousand souls and then in verse 42 and they talking about all of them not some of them Mm -hmm. there were no spectators see we've developed into a spectator sport within the church where there's some people and if you don't believe me just go visit a church you've not been to uh, or go 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 look at some just go visit some churches and just look and see are the people worshiping 
Are the people worshiping? Are they standing there and uh, looking like they have no idea what they're doing? Hmm. Uh, a lot of people are standing around like that in a lot of places. And you don't see that often over in India because people over there, there's a direct cost involved usually to being a part of a community like that. And they have a shared community, a shared partnership. They come in and and. Paul makes it very clear in 1 Corinthians 12, I'm going to look at that in just a second, that if you're all in with him, which means you've been born again, you are uh, you you are all in because he's changing. You can't go in with 90% of your heart mm-hmm. and say, I'm giving you 90%, God, but you can't have this 10. You, you, when you're all in with him, you become part of the family of God when that spirit baptizes you and it makes you one body with everybody else. There are no second-level Christians with different amounts of the Holy Spirit. You get poured the same Spirit into you that's in everybody else. The question is, are you yielded to that Spirit? And uh, we're one flock, and we have one shepherd. There's not a different shepherd for you than me. The pastor of your church is not a shepherd. He's an under-shepherd under the great shepherd, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we have one father. We're one family. We're all part of one. So that's why uh, if somebody's a believer and you know they're a believer, that's your family member. I mean, and that that spiritual blood is thicker than your physical blood family tie, Mm -hmm. or it should be. And we're one building. We have one cornerstone, Jesus. And This analogy Paul gives over in 1 Corinthians 12, I want to allude to real quick, Taylor. And it starts in verse 12 of chapter 12, and Paul says, just as the body is one, talking about our human body, and it has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So for us here in the modern, we might say Democrat, Republican. We might say uh, Chinese, uh, American, uh, African. Um, it, it doesn't matter. We're all one. Ethnic background, African-American, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We're all one spirit in the body. And that's what he's saying. For the body doesn't consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. In other words, it doesn't matter what you think. That's not reality. Have you ever noticed that about what it's saying there? Think about this. He says, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it less a part of the body. In other words, just because you don't think you are doesn't mean you're not. Right. And I think so often when we go to church gatherings or spiritual community, faith community gatherings, which that's what church is, when you go to those places, we go for what we get, mm-hmm. not for what we contribute. And think about the body. Does the foot contribute to what the body does? Yeah. Every day, right? Mm-hmm. How many steps you take today? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You wouldn't be there without your feet. Yeah. Has your hands contributed today? 
Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't matter whether they think they're a part, they, they're a part mm-hmm. because they're not an eye and they can't see or an ear and they can't hear or nose and they can't, they can hear smell just because they're not those things doesn't mean they're any less valuable. They all serve a purpose. And he goes on with this analogy, but he says, you can't say I have no need of you. And he just, he goes through this whole thing all the way down through verse 27. And he finishes right before he says that we're all individually members of it. He says, if one member suffers, all suffer. If one member is honored, all rejoice. He's just trying to bring out the fact that we are one. We have a shared faith. We have a shared ministry. We have a shared truth. That should define our church experience. But in reality, in America, I don't think that does. For most people, if you were asked, you know, about your church and why you went there, would that be the first thing that popped up on your mind? But, oh, because we're one. We share a common faith in Christ, and and we are we are just one. We, we are together. Mm-hmm. We live close to each other, and we're believers in Christ together. No, the most, probably the most popular answer is, oh, he's a good preacher. Or, and listen, there's, there's nothing wrong with having good teaching mm-hmm. and a good communicator, but that did not define the early church, even though they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and we want a good communicator, but it's a shared community of oneness in Christ with the focus on teaching that the apostles teaching and this fellowship. And he talks about the breaking of bread that takes it to another level of intimacy, Mm -hmm. because in that culture, when you shared a meal with somebody, it was more than just a casual thing. Then it became an intimate thing. And so there's accountability in that intimacy. There's communion. Um, there's this, um, sharing of life together. And I want to point out that fellowship together is based on the gospel. So if we compromise and we allow unbelievers who call themselves believers to come in, unbaptized people in the spirit Mm -hmm. to pretend they're part of the body, it compromises the church. It doesn't mean they can't come observe what the church is doing, but we cannot gear our messages and our teaching time to those people. It was never meant to be like that. The church gathering was for the body of Christ to be encouraged and then deployed like a military unit going out into the battlefield to be the salt and light of the earth. Yeah, that's good. Uh, We are up against a break, though, so you'll have to stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. 
We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. I pull, go back and forth, finding myself Pounding on a locked door I try to make it out alone without your help But I know I never win this war I can never be, never be free without you I can never be, never be me without you That is Freedom Hymn by Austin French Welcome back to SWAT Radio. Uh, if you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, talking about the life of the church immediately after its supernatural birth um, and how that applies uh, can apply to us today. Um, if you would like to join the discussion or if you have any questions, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. Yeah, if you, you know, I, I would love if you're listening today and, and I don't know, maybe you have a different experience um, than Taylor and I are talking about because it, it's just, it appears to me that the, the, the place that I've seen this most is overseas. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that, has to do with our individual consumerism uh, growing up in a country that, you know, tells us you can have it your way, right? Yeah. And we just trans, and we talked about the big screen down to the small screen mentality, but this breaking of bread, they, it, he's, they used to have love feast where they would get together. I remember growing up in a small community and, um, in Meridian and, you know, we would, we would get together and have um, we would have potlucks at church, but we would also I can remember my mom and dad after church we'd go over to people's houses and eat meals, mm-hmm. and and then my parents would visit with them for a while, and me and my brother would you know we would do stuff with their kids, mm-hmm. and we knew each other in our church, we 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 did life together. And I don't know if it's because our culture is so busy today that we don't do that. Um, but we tend to have one group of people we work with, one group of people we worship with, mm-hmm. one group of people we exercise with. I mean, we have all these different segments of groups. And and that's good in the sense that you can be around other people. I'm not saying we get in holy huddles. but. But the church got together and worshipped, and they had this shared experience of life, and they encouraged one another. They would have a love feast and then celebrate communion. And when they celebrated communion, they were celebrating the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of Christ, and they did that regularly. And But that that wasn't necessarily the teaching time. So it, it looks 
from what, I mean, you stop and think about 3,000 people. They didn't get 3,000 people in their homes. So it looks like they would get together in the temple somewhere to teach, probably on the teaching uh, staircase there, and teach. But then they would break up and go into homes. People would have people in, and they would fellowship, and they would have this koinonia, this shared experience. And the best illustration for me in my life, I guess, is when I was in the Marine Corps, everybody had the same experience. You had your hair cut off. Mm -hmm. I said to Sarah, they... And, and everybody started off on the same play, sheet of music. We were trained together. We, we went through it together. When, when we had time on the weekends, we would go off and hang with each other. We kind of had each other's back. And that early church, they would pray. And that was the other thing that they said in verse 42, uh, is they had the breaking of bread and the prayers. Those two things made up that shared community. And we as men, a lot of times, don't get together and pray in groups. We're uncomfortable. Uh, even as churches, I mean, if you try to have a prayer meeting at a lot of churches, you'd be lucky to get 5% mm-hmm. there. Yeah. You know, um, but that's the way it is. You bring in a good name speaker who's going to come in and do a conference. Wow. Uh, you'll You'll get... You'll get a big speaker coming in. Everybody will pack it out. But if you say, hey, we're going to have a prayer meeting next Friday night, you'll, you'll be lucky to get 5% there. Yeah. Why is that, Taylor? I think uh, a lot of people uh, don't see the benefit of prayer, and so they just think, oh, it's kind of boring or, you know, uh, it's not, you know, you talk about our entertainment mentality. It's, uh, oh, it's not as entertaining as going to hear a good uh uh, preacher plus it's awkward yeah i mean mm-hmm. people some people pray it's more intimate so well, you have to open up well yeah. yeah and some people pray unfortunately um they they uh some people pray and it makes us uncomfortable because we don't we, we don't like the way they pray mm-hmm. uh, because we make it about us everything becomes about us instead of us going to participate in a group and to say hey we're coming together in faith to lift up a one voice to God to say we're coming together and to pray as God leads us during this time for whatever we're going to pray for. and uh, But that's what made up that koinonia, that shared experience, the breaking of bread and the prayers. And notice it's plural. They prayed prayers like the Shema. They prayed prayers like the Amidah, which were there were prayers that the Jewish people prayed and um, and that's what they would do together, and they would lift that up to God. Well, I got a question about the prayers. Uh, do you think that's important for us today to have, you know, like, you know, the Shema, that's a formal prayer. Yeah. Like, you know, as Protestants or as evangelicals, we don't really, you know, like the Catholic Church has, you know, certain uh, prayers that, you know, you, you can read them. Is that something that we should be doing, or is that just kind of, that was the Jewish culture, so it brought them together? Uh well, I think that that Jesus and the Jewish people prayed the Shema in the morning and mm-hmm. at night. They also prayed the Aaronic priestly blessing Jesus did over his disciples, and and parents would pray that over their children. And the Amidah uh, is a, a bunch of prayers that they would pray every day. I don't think there's anything wrong 
with a like the the Shema. I mean, you've prayed that what at SWAT mm-hmm. a lot. We say it at the end. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. When we pray that prayer, you know, we're we're saying, God, we we want to love you with all our heart. We want to affirm that to you. The other prayers in the Amidah and those uh, other prayers that they prayed, they're just affirming prayers that have been meaningful. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think because of uh, it can become rote Mm -hmm. and you can do it. And we've seen religious uh, institutions make it so it has no meaning. We discount it. Yeah. And I don't think that's the right response. I don't think there's anything wrong with praying a written out prayer or something that was a creed or a prayer that has been prayed before. If you pray with your heart intent on expressing what's ever in that prayer to God, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I was just curious because that's an aspect that we haven't, you know, that we kind of lost in as um, non-Catholic Christians. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. I think that, People dismiss it, and so what people do. So you tell me which is worse, to say the same words that you always say in a prayer that have no meaning or to recite words that have been prayed before with the meaning behind it. See, I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people pray such rote prayers. Mm -hmm. They don't even – it's not even an authentic communication between them and Yahweh. It's just, uh, okay, i got to pray, so Lord, do this, do this, this, blah, blah, blah whatever they're praying. And I, I just think it's the in, intimacy of your heart yeah. connecting with the father. Mm-hmm. And you can certainly do that to through, through that kind of prayer. I think we got a call. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, right. Yes. Hey, yeah. Mike, how you doing today? Pretty good. Just enough. Glad to hear you guys today. Yeah. Glad you're on. What do you, what do you got? Well, we just wanted to, uh, I just wanted to comment about your topic today about the small group fellowships, uh, the importance of breaking bread together. Um, just kind of wanted to encourage you guys. I myself, um, involved in that type of ministry, um, I got saved when I was nine back in 1972. But, uh, like a lot of Christians, I was just your average Christian, not really, uh, I hadn't yet discovered my call that God had on my life until, 2009, actually, mm. um, was, was in church, you know, uh, most of my life. It was just, uh, uh, I just knew there had to be something more, and um, was it, uh, uh, at, a, at a local fellowship here in Jacksonville, and um, they had a small group fellowship, and I was invited to come and, you know, decline and decline and decline, and finally uh, I decided to go, and it was great. I should have gone the first time they <laughs> invited me, but uh, long story short, um, the gentleman that was running it happened to be the associate pastor of the church I was attending. He was going on vacation and asked me if I would fill in while he was gone, and my spirit spoke up and said yes before my flesh had a chance to say no, <laughs> and that was uh, um, the Lord just uh, calling me, I think, and uh, I was, of course, scared to death and never taught anything, and um I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I, just, I need your help because I can't do this. I'm not that kind of person. And the Lord always is good. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Hey, hey, so, Mike, tell me what kind of person yeah. that is. I'm sorry? You said you're not that kind of person. What kind of person are you talking about? Well, you said when you said I'm well, not just, that. Just, just, a, just a 
person that's comfortable talking to a, to a large group of people or even, you know, a handful of people. So uh, so, it, so, it, so it required faith on your part, you mean? Oh, absolutely. It, it required <laughs> a lot of faith. Um, you know, it's uh, I had to take that first step. And I think that it, you know, once a person takes the first step, God will guide the rest of them for you. Yeah, um, that's good. And supply everything you need. And so um, November 2009 came around, and that's, that was my chance to, uh, to to fill in, and so I did. It was a God gave me a nice little message and a and a and a, and a great visual to go along with it. Um, I think a lot of times we don't understand some of the gifts and talents that God already gives us that are in in waiting to use for His kingdom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I I kind of have an artistic uh, ability and just be able to see some things, and so the last uh, 11 years now, um, not every message, but uh, a lot of messages, God has given me some type of visual to go along with the message. And I've had people say, I remember what you said because of what I saw, mm. uh, which was, was a great encouragement. And so we meet, uh, It's uh, we have people come from all, all over uh, Jacksonville, Uly, St. Augustine, the beaches, west side. Uh, we meet, uh, right now we're meeting once a month, but we were meeting uh Every two weeks, and people just come, and they, like you were talking about today in Acts 242, um, somebody brings something to eat, and that's not a requirement, but uh, we meet and have a time of fellowship. Sometimes there's musicians, sometimes there's not, so we, you know, if there are, we, we have some praise and worship time, and then um, the word is spoken. Hey Mike, we we thank you thank you so much for your call. We're out of time, but uh, I'm I'm glad you listened to SWAT Radio, and thank you for using your gifts and being part of the body, brother. Okay. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, Enjoy the show. uh, All right, you've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual